0: KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. What if I told you that last year, calendar year, January 1, 2019 to December 31st, medical marijuana cardholders in the state of Arizona spent $580 million on the weed?
1: That seems high to me.
0: I don't know why. It just does. Over half a billion dollars on um, marijuana. Pop. Seems like a lot, right? Does it to do you too? Yes. But again, I was like, well, compared to what? Right. So I went back to 2018. Okay. And I found out that in 2018, it was a lot less. As a matter of fact, 2019 saw a 36% increase. All hopped up on the weed. And there wasn't a 36% increase in the amount of card holders. So what's going on? So those that were holding cards are using more of it. Right? Or has it gotten more expensive? You know, that's part of it. When you look at the price of medical, medicinal marijuana, it almost seems cost prohibitive. Like, when I think about marijuana, having never smoked it, I still think of it as being a relatively cheap high. Compared to other things. It's not if it's medicinal. Because we're finding out that when somebody else does the math. Because <laughs> we don't want you doing it. You're looking at marijuana selling for an average of $3,500 a pound. Okay, so, Again, wait, wait, wait. I needed perspective on that. Not knowing how much a pound of marijuana goes for. <laughs> I eh, Googled it. Yep. Again, using Stevie Z's Uh login on the computer. He used his computer to do it. Uh, And found out that a pound of marijuana, quote, wholesale, uh, can go anywhere from... Uh dollars uh, five to eight hundred dollars. I love okay, so you two
1: both have like work computers in yeah. our office. I have a personal laptop that I just take with me everywhere. You but yet necessary. I make you both do the searches because right. you searched this morning how much does a pound of weed yes.
0: cost how much is the
1: weed? on your work computer. Yeah. Illegal weed. And and yesterday yeah. uh after the show, we got we got word about that huge DPS meth bust. Yes. It was like the record record amount amount of meth that they busted, and, and there was a there was a pound. Like they, they had Mm -hmm. X number of pounds that were confiscated. And I looked at Steve, and I'm like, I wonder what the street value of that is. Let's and Google like, it! How much does a pound of meth cost? Go ahead, Google that. So Super Producer He logged Steve- onto my computer,
0: uh, which is why when I got in this morning, uh, I noticed that Stevie Z was the last person logged into uh, my computer. I actually couldn't log onto your computer. That's how bad it is.
1: Yeah, so it was one of those- I tried. I couldn't. Those things where Stevie Z is searching, uh-huh. how much does a pound of meth cost? Uh-huh. You're searching, how much does a pound of weed cost? I think I win. Hey guys, weed, it was great better- working with both of you, it's okay? A better, it's a better- Better search
0: to find out the pound of weed, but We have no clue. Turns you, out meth is expensive. <laughs> Turn, but, but that's my point. Out. Like I would think that the weed would be cheaper. But m- medicinal marijuana, you could make an argument that when you go to the dispensary, um, some people are paying for the quote high end marijuana, and I'm going to assume that's like more potent strands. They could be paying three hundred dollars an ounce. That works out to five thousand dollars a pound. So <laughs> is medical marijuana just for rich people?
1: Well, I, okay. So when you talk about it like that, you also got to keep in mind you can't just say you know you you've got glaucoma and walk into a dispensary I got and, glaucoma. and buy an ounce of weed. You better like, have a prescription. not that that's not how this works. You you have <laughs> a to cigarette weed.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Chris Tucker. It's not a cigarette. That's cigarette weed are <laughs> You really laughing that hard at that? I just <laughs> You remember that? And the look on your face. Like a weed.
1: Was not expecting that. Yeah. Okay. Good Aaron. Better out. Um I don't even know where I was going. When you walk into a this okay, that's it. So Go you have to get let me get my thoughts back here after. Okay,
0: all right. Reset. You
1: you have to get a card. You, can't just, you just can't walk in and buy an ounce of
0: weed because but you say you're a How you've got hard glaucoma. is it to get a card? Because I see like these signs everywhere, like doctor on staff, come in and get your right. diagnosis. And all you have to do is say, It doesn't appear to be hard. I have okay. an ERA.
1: But you're it is eye. expensive. I mean, how much for a about card? About 150 bucks. Okay, for the card. For
0: the card. And that just allows you to buy what appears to be pretty darn expensive weed. Right. So if.
1: You don't have a lot of discretionary income. Are you really getting the medical weed? Yes.
0: Here's why. Oh. No. no. Oh. oh. Okay. You're getting the card. Yeah. Oh, so you don't get busted. So that when you buy the street level cheap weed, and Boy. well, think, this is an interesting
1: conversation. But think about it. that's the way I
0: that's the way I would do it. So it's an investment in not getting incarcerated. And then what? you say, do you have a medical marijuana card to have possession of that Let's weed? Just why? Yes, it. I do. Legalize But you see it. what I'm saying? Because if you make it so expensive, um, it becomes a barrier to people actually using it. Okay,
1: but that's also the argument, too, when when you come to recreational marijuana, is what kind of taxes are you going to put on it? Because there have been a lot of research and conversations and debate over taxing it too much can increase the black market, because when you find out that uh, a conservative estimate of marijuana is selling for an average of thirty five hundred dollars a pound—that's a lot. It seems like it three hundred dollars an ounce
0: mm-hmm. for By some way, Richard, of this that wa- stuff. Richard wants to know if you're high right now.
1: Me? Oh, because yeah, I'm laughing about seen. your what it was the cig- weed?
0: weed. So, uh. but but you see that I <laughs> can I say that I am in favor of legal marijuana. Full stop, period. Yeah, you and I both. If you're going to drink alcohol. But I've never been a huge fan of the medicinal How do you see this differently, though? Because I think it's an end around. Because I think that medicinal marijuana is less about, I know there's a lot of, I know there are people out there who right now have legitimate reasons. I've heard like cancer patients, it helps you with your appetite, things like that. I'm not trying to deny them. But what percentage of the 220,000 medical marijuana card holders in the state of Arizona are cancer patients that need to use marijuana to up their appetite? And how many of them have come up with some malady just so they could have the card Mm -hmm. and that they can't be busted for being in possession of weed? I I think there's probably a fair amount. So my only argument was, I don't like the wink-wink, nudge-nudge, we have medicinal marijuana. I'm like, just make the dang thing legal. but, But can you...
1: Can you at least concede that this is an evolution? We weren't going to go from weed is no illegal weed. to everybody smoke yeah, them if you
0: got Weed and heroin are the same things to weed's legal.
1: Th- th- this has been the evolution okay. of, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. didn't California, weren't they the first for the medical marijuana? I think they were. They could have been, yeah. I think they they're, were. Yeah, no, I know really Colorado's the first for recreational, recreational because that, that changed so much, um, but, but this is part of the evolution. And I think that now that you have so many states that have medical marijuana is the reason why you're seeing so many more states that are approving recreational marijuana. And I believe Arizona is going to be one of those states. I think
0: so. Uh, potentially this year. The polling data says we're pretty darn close.
1: And and you have more and more states that are going in that direction.
0: Uh, and rightfully so. And why you? You have a good I'm have a laughing weird grin right now face. because he is weird, the super
1: producer, Stevie you have Z. A weird and I, smile. I had to see what this was. <laughs> Did you not know where it came from? No, I was just laughing at you, oh. calling it the Sig of Weed. Yeah. And so, well, if, if you're like me and had no idea and just laughed at Bruce because he was being funny, uh, well, you l- need let to me watch. Or I'll play it for you. Please. Right now. You ready, Bruce? Ready. You got a prescription for this? Yeah.
2: Where is it? Uh. Where is it? It's just... it's uh, where? I, where, 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 where? Where? I left Oh, Where? I just love my
0: cigarette.
1: This thing weed.
0: Well, <laughs> it look like a cigarette. You better have a glaucoma. <laughs> How could you not... No, I
1: is a I brought in glaucoma, you brought in sigleweed, and now we have the cut. All every right.
0: time I've met Chris Tucker, I go, sigleweed, that is my favorite thing you've ever done. It's fantastic. Chris Tucker okay. was hilarious in that. All right, so we now know that you guys, yes, you, buy a hell of a lot of medical marijuana, but that it is pretty darn pricey, which makes me think that medicinal marijuana is a bit of a scam and that the cards are merely so you can go buy things that isn't $3,500 a pound. And not get busted.
1: And my takeaway from this segment is Is? you and Steve are not going to be here tomorrow after you searching how much a pound of weed costs and how much a pound of meth costs. So it's nice, guys. Yeah.
0: yeah. Meth is more, in case you were wondering. Yeah, we've (laughs) determined that a pound of meth is a hell of a lot more than a pound of weed. Trust me, I checked. Uh, Yes. Yes, you did. It is not comparable. Let's get that out of the way. Um, We want to transition a little bit, and... Obviously, yesterday, and for a lot of people today, the big story was the death of Kobe Bryant in that helicopter accident in Calabasas, California. But when you're discussing the life and career of Kobe Bryant, is it okay to talk about some of the eh, more questionable things in his past? One reporter's finding out. Apparently, that answer is no. (laughs) No. Bruce St. James, and Pamela Hughes. Uh, the sports world, fans, and, and, and just a lot of regular people still mourning the loss of, um, of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the uh, seven other people aboard that helicopter that crashed on Sunday morning. But when discussing Kobe Bryant, um, like many other people, he was a complex character, and his... Athletic skills are undeniable, right? He is in the conversation as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Absolutely. He has done a lot of philanthropic work, appeared to be a decent family man, loved his children very much, was a huge supporter of his daughter and women's basketball as an example. But he also had some things in his past which you could say were kind of some some check marks against his character, including... An allegation of rape back in 2003.
1: Yeah. And when I first heard about the, the breaking news on Sunday and I, I was tuning in, I heard somebody bring up that allegation of rape in 2003. And I was like, whoa, wow, like that was quick. Do we do we really want to go there? And, and I had the, kind of like that visceral like Ugh, kind of reaction yeah, yeah. to it. And, and then I'm like, but you know what? It is part of a story and, and and the talking head didn't focus on it. It was more along the lines of like, you know, what he learned from his mistake. He was being able to, you know, rebuild his reputation and not many people would have been able to do that. And, okay. and they moved on from it. It wasn't something that they like they weren't on. focusing. No, on it. no, no. It was just kind of like a tagline. And, and, but um, it's a little bit of a different story at The Washington Post because you have a reporter there who on Sunday uh, tweeted out a link to an article that talked about the rape allegation, Mm -hmm. didn't say anything, just tweeted out the link. There was no commentary or anything on it. Just tweeted out the link.
0: It was a a news report previously about the case. It it was a story that was written in 2016 from the Daily
1: Beast. Yeah. Okay. Going
0: back to these 2000s. She didn't
1: write it. No. Uh, Just putting it out there.
0: The headline is, uh, if I could do it, Kobe Bryant's disturbing rape case, the DNA evidence, the accuser's story, and the half confession. That was the title.
1: After she tweets that out, she said all hell broke loose. Yeah. Uh, she got over 10,000 emails and comments of abuse and death threats. Mm-hmm. She had to like sleep in a hotel that night out of fear of what would happen to her. Right. She's also been placed on, uh, on leave. She was suspended from the Washington Post. That's the crazy part. That's the crazy part? The- I think all of it's crazy, but I think the crazy that?
0: part is that her employer felt that any attempt to have a discussion about a factual thing that is in his past you can suspend her for well she wasn't she didn't go on and go listen you could make an argument that if a washington post reporter said i'm glad the rapist died in a helicopter crash you could go you know what we think you've gone a little bit too far
1: Well, okay. so just like pretty much every other media outlet out there, there is a social media policy that The Washington Post has. Right. And just like so many other organizations, including, you know, right here at KTAR, they they tell you that whatever you tweet or Insta or whatever, or Facebook, those messages are treated as official Washington Post tweets or Instas or whatever, no matter their original content. And they said that it was making it difficult for others at the uh, newspaper to do their jobs because mm-hmm. this was a bit of a distraction. Okay, but can you can you suspend somebody for that? The idea that they say that she violated the company's social media policy, but can't tell you exactly what it what it was, it seems flimsy. Is telling. Mm-hmm. Now you can have the argument as as I as as a journalist um, feel like it's it's a bit ridiculous to penalize a reporter. For presenting a, a negative aspect of somebody's life,
0: it's not an opinion. Oh no, that's, it, it, that's the thing.
1: Okay, let me tell you. The, the, like for those of you who, who maybe aren't all aware of this, you know, he was credibly accused of rape in 2004. He had a statement where Brian ultimately apologized to his accuser for quote. My behavior that night, adding that while I truly believe the encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did.
0: And this she, wasn't, was, she worked at a hotel yeah, I think it was checking in Colorado in, or something yeah. along
1: those lines. Okay. So, like this, you're penalizing a reporter for acknowledging something that's credible.
0: It strikes me that the, 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 she is suspended because of the timing. And that's Exactly.
1: It. And so on the other side of this, you know, you've got folks to say, you know, what, too soon. These are just hours after someone's death. You know, do we really need to go there right here right now? Um, But I find it odd because the argument I make in this, Bruce, is social media is messy. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can get into so much trouble unintentionally. She didn't have any intention of of like, you know, kicking the bee's nest, so to speak. Oh, but she did. Yeah, And people mess up and sometimes they, they pay a very dear price for these egregious errors that they make. They didn't think this through. But not all screw ups are equal. And. Just because you don't like what somebody tweeted doesn't make it a bad tweet.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Washington Post is out of bounds on this. And it appears that a lot of their reporters are on the side of this reporter and not management saying this is not punishable. This is reality. This is part of his story. You can be a great athlete and have questionable things in your past. As and, well. and
1: that's and that's the thing. Now, do you knee-jerkedly want to go right to that? I admit it makes me feel very uncomfortable, but fireable. I mean, they can Mm -hmm. fire whomever they want. I just don't think that that's necessarily the precedent that they'd want to be setting.
0: ASU President Michael Crow has issued a directive, a sternly worded email regarding the coronavirus. We'll tell you what he's telling To the ASU community, that's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. As we discuss the coronavirus, there's an interesting development, Pamela, coming out of ASU specifically. From President Michael Crow.
1: Yeah, we're getting this from the state press, which is the you know the newspaper on campus here. Mm-hmm. And it says, effective immediately, Michael Crow has directed that there will be no ASU student, faculty, or staff travel to China until coronavirus outbreak is resolved. ASU
0: confirms this to the state press. I have a serious question. Not, a lot of times I ask snarky questions. Okay. I guess I can understand how the ASU president can prevent faculty or staff from traveling to china a condition of employment for lack of better terms Mm -hmm. how do you stop students from traveling how do you stop for the for instance how do you stop a chinese student at asu from going home how would you even know but that's my point do you see what i'm saying like i can understand a certain thing employees you can direct but I don't know how you stop students from traveling. That's a great That's a, question. It's just, I, I don't it, know it the is, answer.
1: But it, but it is an evolution of the story. Now, oh, the yeah. reason why this is all happening, because the first case of coronavirus in Arizona is somebody who's affiliated with the ASU community. What exactly that means? We're not trying to, you know, uh, make it murky for you. It's just it is murky. They haven't told us if it's a student, a faculty or a staff member. We don't know. It's just they're affiliated with ASU. Mm-hmm. And that individual, you know... Is, was ill, but not deathly ill, and is kind of recovering from home in the kind of like self quarantine as, as we kind of understand it right now. That still lends itself to a ton of questions, and hence the reason why you have had thousands of students that have signed a change.org petition to have ca- can- blah, classes canceled. Mm-hmm. And so, yesterday, after we talked about this, I, I had a question, and I'm like, I-, I wonder, you know, what's happening at my alma mater. I graduated from ASU. And I was at the Tempe campus, and I'm just kind of putting myself there right now as either a student or, you know, I've got a 10-year-old daughter. She's couple years off from college, but, you know, I could see her going to ASU. What would I be thinking as a parent? And then, Bruce, I've taught as an adjunct professor at ASU. So there's a lot of interest in the story. So we put it out to you Mm. and we got some calls on our open mic line. It's brought to you by Carol Royce with Keller Williams Realty East Valley. And I thought this one was super interesting. Take a listen. Hi, my name is
2: Tammy and I do work at the ASU community at the Tempe campus. And all I'm going to say is when I showed up to work yesterday walking across campus, there are a lot of students, I mean a lot, and probably staff and faculty, wearing masks. Mm. I actually saw one student that I was walking alongside who was wearing latex gloves along with his mask on. and a lab coat. And I know that there are students who are now requesting to um, be changed over to online students. They don't want to be on the ground.
0: Um, so in person classes. I never thought of that. Latex gloves and a lab coat, you're doing too much. But
1: what about requesting That's being transferred from like, you know, a, a huge uh,
0: Le- lecture, lecture hall, hall to something? online
1: courses. Because hmm. ASU is a very robust online program. My goodness. It's it's huge. One of the largest. That's interesting. And and, and kind of getting a perspective as to what's happening down there. Hmm. And and you know what? Uh, Dr. Kara Chris with the Arizona Department of Health Services was asked, now that we have one case, if this virus is going to spread because that's the concern and that's why you're seeing latex gloves, which is weird. And lab coats. And, but I mean, more importantly the masks. Here's what she's had to say. We know that there is um, a person-to-person spread among close contacts based on the information that we are getting from uh, our, our health partners in China. So we're working with our federal partners and local health. The general public who does not have travel to China or Wuhan, China at this point um, or uh, is a close close contact of somebody who is confirmed or under investigation for this coronavirus, um, the risk is relatively low at this time. Okay, okay. Rel- relatively low, but people are still taking precautions. And, and just walking into our studio right now is uh, KTIR reporter Griselda Satino. Uh, we, we wanted to, I uh, know you're out of breath yet, because yes. I know you literally yes. just <laughs> ran in here. And we, we wanted to pop you on quickly because you went down to ASU. Right. Um, what did you see and, and, and what did you experience when you are down there?
2: So I was there for about half an hour, and um, right when I pull in, I see uh, people already wearing masks. I was oh, driving yeah? in. I, I parked near the MU, um, so it's a very highly uh, populated area, sure. uh, Palm Walk, started walking up and down campus, and literally there was maybe a few dozen students mm-hmm. that were wearing these face masks, um, and I wasn't expecting to see a lot of students, so I really was surprised to, to see that many students uh, wearing them, so about, I would say about... At least 30 students in the um, half hour that I was there.
1: What, did, did you talk to any of them about why?
2: Yes. So I went up to a few students um, asking them why they were wearing these face masks. And they were just saying, um, just to be safe, out of precaution. um I spoke to two students that um, they were from China. And mm. yeah, and, and I asked them, you know, do you have family over there? And uh, they said that they are worried. Um, a lot of their family members can't leave their um, their homes. Uh, they really can't travel. <laughs> yeah, they can't travel anywhere
1: else. They just have to stay home. You also went to some stores nearby because I've right. been hearing and, and seeing reports that there's like a shortage of masks. I went on Amazon and I, you know, just, okay, can you Because you can them? get everything, everything. Everything. I had to go through at least uh, maybe 12. They never. They don't say sold out. Nothing they just say, out
0: Amazon says sold they, out. They say shipping in two to three weeks, which means we don't have any.
1: Were you able to find any? Yes. Yeah, so I went to a few CVS stores and
2: uh, the Target at uh, Tempe Marketplace. Sure. They were all out. All oh, oh, wow. sold out of the masks. Wow. Yeah, all out of the masks. Wow. I went to the CVS that's right across the street from the Tempe campus, and they said that they've been out for a few days. They ran out last week, and even the hand sanitizer—they're already almost oh out of that too. But y- you, we just got. Did we get a
1: message? Was, was this from a? Listener, or where did Yeah, you see this? This, was,
0: this was from uh, a listener who uh, is Chinese, but said he'd been living here in the Valley for 10 years, I believe he said. And he offered some insight, I will argue, from the Chinese perspective. But I think kind of the, the, the things he wanted to point out was, number one, it's Chinese New Year. yeah, And he said, Chinese New Year is our version of Christmas. Mm-hmm. People plan their vacations, holidays, everything is shut down. You can't get anywhere. You can't go anywhere. And he said, that means access to certain things are very limited. Okay. There are no stores that are open. Okay factories are closed down and he said their concern is that they're running out of resources in some of these areas and they were trying to entice people to come back to the factory come back from your vacation and his thing he goes i have friends that were offered five times salary to go back to work wow. but that not a lot of people are doing it he also wanted to make the point and i thought that again this is a, a, a kevin uh, um uh, well it's not kevin it's K-E-X-I-N. How would you pronounce that? Just keep
1: going. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) I misread it. He said um, hospitals are asking for donations because they're running low on supplies. Everything is limited. And that they're sending people home who have low-grade symptoms. And he said, listen, nobody I know, and certainly himself as well, have ever heard of locking down cities like they're seeing in China. He is concerned for his friends and family there, oh, but course. he says this is very different. This is playing out very different in China.
1: Of course, and I would expect it to. But my, my takeaway from, from what he had to say there is he's right. So many of the goods that we get are manufactured. Yes. In China. And they have a Chinese New Year or Lunar every single year, all right? But this year is different. It's a
0: big stinking holiday, too. How
1: is this going to have, you know, an impact later on down the line? You know, some of these masks that you're trying to get are manufactured there. If there's nobody there who nobody can work, in the factory,
0: how can you get the masks? And people afraid to go back yes. to a workplace that is full of a bunch of other people that they may not know if they're sick.
1: Griselda Satino, thank you so much for thank popping you. on, giving us that perspective. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, Michael Crow, again, the you know president of ASU, saying that he doesn't want any students, faculty or staff traveling to China until the outbreak is resolved.
0: How do you stop students from traveling? I don't know.
1: I I don't know the condition of attendance or admission. Yeah,
0: I'm a student here. You can't tell me what to do. That didn't go over well when I was a student. Yeah. Something tells me I didn't think it would. Tell you what, Pamela, going to restore your faith in humanity. That's coming up next. Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 923 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. There are a lot of scams out there, people trying to take advantage of you, maybe by email or phone call. We hear about these all the time. Heck, we've had the attorney general, in, Mark Bernovich, saying, don't, yeah. The IRS isn't going to call you and ask you for Apple gift cards uh, to pay your back taxes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And we laugh at that. And we go, well, the only reason that we're talking about it." It's because somebody sent Apple gift cards thinking that was going to get the IRS off their
1: back. Yeah, unfortunately, it does happen. No. It most definitely happens. But it's not just the IRS that, you know, people play this scam on. It, it, there's also love, you know, people playing a scam on on your heartstrings. Love. And you've got Brian, who lives here in the Valley, and he talked to Arizona's family. And he was on a dating website and met a lady. Out
0: of all the men on, on OKCupid, okay this one picked me. Mm. This whole thing started with, you know, I'm a, I'm a single mom. My husband walked out on me four years or three years ago. But I find you very attractive, this and that. So she fed on my ego. And my ego was, was being stroked by this, by this young woman. And I had just gotten divorced. Okay. First off. She didn't just pick you. She was sending that message to everybody, seeing who would bite. You bet. And he bit
1: because he was vulnerable. I mean, think about coming out of a divorce—you're vulnerable at that point. But but you also have to have your wits about you, because then the sob story came about, like beauty supplies that she was buying that got caught up in customs, and she needed seven grand, and you know what? Yeah. He he actually went to like a no, he, Bitcoin exchange no, in didn't. Chandler and Come on. gave her 7 grand and then he got the dear Brian or rather like dear John letter saying no I'm not not. actually I'm from Pakistan
0: Yeah, yeah
1: Uh, I feel I feel for the guy I I do I I think that you know his heart got the better of him and you know now his wallet is seven thousand dollars short
0: because of it if a girl you meet on a dating app asks you to give her seven thousand dollars can I just tell you the answer is no yeah don't do it hard no no seven dollars (laughs) maybe Seven grand? Not going to happen. I'll
1: spring for the uh, oh, yeah.
0: the value meal. Uh, might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to hang in a handbasket. Pamela says she can restore your faith in humanity.
1: Yeah, you know what? I want to take you to Colorado for this one. There was a message that appeared in the girls' bathroom at the Golden High School there in uh, Golden, Colorado last week. English teacher, Mrs. Fre- uh, Ferrero, saw the graffitied message that read, Is life worth all the... B.S. And you know what? She was actually inspired by it. Hmm. Instead of erasing it, Mrs. Fierro encouraged her students to write positive notes around that question to boost up whoever wrote it. And and the the post-it notes read things like, "Yes, because you're loved." Yes, because nothing lasts forever. Tears and pain are going to help you get strong. I promise. So many positive messages surrounding that, that the school, the school actually moved the notes from the bathroom into the hallway so that everyone could see them and that everyone could add to it.
0: I really hope that whoever it was that was feeling like that saw the responses as well. I, I have a feeling they did. Well, of course. That's the way to take that and, and turn it, right? Pamela, restoring your faith in humanity. We look through the double-pain bulletproof glass. We've got DJ Tommy Two-Tone, super producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClain. Getting back in the chair. Why? He's got news, traffic, weather, info.